Simply Financial with Certified Financial Planner Christopher Calandra is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Welcome to Season 2, Episode Number 13. I am your host, Christopher Calandra, and I appreciate you joining us for this episode. Uh, Today, what I wanted to talk about is the Certified Financial Planner, or CFP, professional designation. Uh, I'm a Certified Financial Planner, or CFP. I have been a CFP since 2003. Uh, My wife, Joelle, who is part of the team here at Elliott Wealth, had actually uh, taken her coursework and passed her exam before I did. So if you could appreciate this, uh, there was a lot of pressure on me back in 2003 to pass the exam to keep pace with my wife. Uh, But we wanted to talk about the CFP designation, um, what it is, what the requirements are, how difficult is it to attain, and once we get beyond that, I want to share with the listeners why we believe the CFP designation um, is important to us and what it means to us. I also want to talk about how it helps us serve our clients and why clients ought to have uh, perceived value in the CFP designation. And uh, I want to talk also about how it's viewed in the marketplace and talk about some other designations that are out there as well. Um, There's a code of ethics. We'll touch on that and uh, give you some statistics on how uh, how, how few CFPs, that's the right way to say it, how few CFPs there actually are in the marketplace. It's actually a special group. I also want to bring on the line now uh, Lindy Brock, part of the team here at Elliott Wealth Management. She and I work very, very closely day in and day out. Uh, Lindy, thank you for joining us. Hello, Chris. So part of what, uh, Lindy, you're going to join in is because you have a different perspective because you are not a CFP, but you're not a CFP yet, right? That is correct. I am currently taking the courses meeting the education requirement to be able to take my CFP test and become a CFP professional. Beautiful. And to begin with, just to get everyone on the same page, the Certified Financial Planner designation is for financial professionals who meet the requirements established by the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. Um, There are other people in the marketplace, and Lindy, we see this all the time, people in the marketplace describe themselves as financial planners, um, but it's a little bit of a misnomer because only those individuals who have earned the CFP mark Um, which means that they've demonstrated the uh, experience required, the education required, and have agreed to the ethical standards can actually use that financial planner terminology. Although in the marketplace, it's kind of mixed in as just a generic term, and it's difficult for consumers, 
I think, to discern the difference between somebody who just has their securities license or someone who describes themselves as a financial planner in comparison to somebody who actually is a certified financial planner like we are here at Elliott Wealth Management. You see that on a regular basis, don't you, Lindy? Correct. And, I mean, you can go to a financial advisory firm and somebody can have a card on their desk and, you know, they'll say their name and then say financial planner. And you would think that, you know, this person is certified, that there's something that they have done to actually be able to put that on their card, but that isn't true. Um, The CFP board allows you to use the CFP marks, and it's actually a, it's trademarked. And you can only put CFP with the registered trademark sign behind your name if you are CFP, if you do hold the CFP designation. So really watching for that CFP mark is the right way to be able to tell if the professional that you're working with has the designation. So let's let's take a moment and just talk about what the requirements are. So you have to, in order to become a CFP and to use the CFP mark, as Lindy just referenced, uh, you need to hold a bachelor's degree. Um, you need to complete uh, a CFP board registered education program. So you have required coursework akin to CPA type coursework. You have to complete that coursework. Then, once you complete that coursework, that makes you eligible to sit for the CFP exam, which I think is, what are they, um, that exam is what, two or three times a year, Lindy? It is three times a year. There are seven-hour slots that the test takes, and it is about a 62% pass rate. Yeah, and so you, you, you read my mind. It's, a, it's important for listeners to understand that this, the coursework is not easy. It's very thorough. There's a vast amount of information. It's a rigorous coursework. Then the exam is a nasty, nasty exam. Um, it's, it's, it's hours long, and it is very comprehensive. There's an enormous amount of material that you need to learn and be able to apply to pass the exam. And if you think about it, with that 62% pass rate, you have people that have college degrees. Presumably, lots of them are in finance, economics, business-oriented degrees. Um, You have to go through this rigorous coursework just to sit for the exam. And even after going through that, the people that sit for the exam, only about 6 out of 10 pass. Um, there's also a requirement that to sit for the exam and to be, well, not to sit for the exam, but to become a CFP, you need to have work experience in the financial planning industry. I think it's three years of work experience. So um, the exam is a really tough exam. Um, you only have to do it once, though, and Lindy is going to take the exam either in November or March, and so she'll know exactly what I'm speaking about when you take the exam here in a little bit. Um, But Joelle passed it the first time. I passed it the first time. So you might have a little pressure to pass it the first time. I got this. Um, Beautiful. I sort of want to touch on, you know, we talked about the education 
leading up to the exam. And I wanted yeah. to touch on a few areas of that education just so people know sort of what we do get educated on and know how to do. Um, and that includes risk management, investments, income tax planning, retirement and employee benefits planning, estate planning, um, financial plan development, and a big thing that they just started doing recently that they used to not focus as much on is the interpersonal communication that it takes to actually communicate this to clients and be able to get information out of them and work with them. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what um, CFPs um, are meant to do for clients is to help them, and this is what I do, it's what Lindy does, it's what we do here as a team at Elliott Wealth Management Services, is help clients create a personal um, plan, uh, establish a financial and personal goals, create that plan to help them achieve them, evaluate their financial well-being through a thorough analysis of their assets, their liabilities, their income, their taxes, investments, insurance, to be very comprehensive. CFPs are going to identify areas of concern, help clients address them by developing and implementing a plan to take those uh, areas of concern and personal uh, nuances into account. And, and this is key, Lindy, is to review the plan periodically to accommodate um, clients changing personal circumstances, changes in their financial goals, changes in taxes, in the markets, in the economy. Um, so that's some of just a brief overview of how CFPs work with clients and how we work with our clients here at Elliott Wealth. What, um, what I wanted to ask you, Lindy, especially now that you're involved in the coursework, I want to share with what I think it means to be a CFP, but given that you're uh, on the verge within you know, a year or two of obtaining the CFP designation, what do you think it's going to mean um, to you and your role in working with clients? What it has meant thus far, um, it's really broadened my, my depth of knowledge when dealing with clients, learning about all these different facets that you learn about and how they connect to each other. Um, in the interview process, you really pull a lot of bits and pieces of information from clients. And being able, like I said before, to put those together and see how everything works together and to be able to discuss with clients. Because a lot of times clients don't even know what their goals are. They have no idea. They, they have things that are important to them. They don't really, because the topic of finances is probably the, the biggest things that couples fight about, and so they tend not to talk about them as much as other normal relationship things. And okay. because of this, they don't discuss a lot about their finances, a lot about their goals, a lot about what is important, how they're going to handle certain situations, because they just don't want to deal with it. So having these really hard conversations in our office, seeing tears come from clients and um, being able 
to help them work and establish this goal and being able to use our knowledge to help them reach those. Um, it's really proved beneficial for my development. Um, makes me feel really good about being able to help these people realize these things that they did not even know. Um, it makes me feel really connected with the clients and you develop this long lasting trust and relationship that will last for years. I mean, I plan on doing this for, you know, the next 30 years or so. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I think that, um, that it'll, it'll help me quite a bit. So you mentioned early on in, in, in your comments, um, interview, and just to be clear, interview is, is a more formal say when we meet with clients, um, either initially or ongoing as we do reviews, we do sort of an interview which could also be described as a fact find. Well, we're going to discuss with clients what's going on with their lives, um, what changes have taken place. And some of that's financial, it's often relational, um, some of it has to do with where they are in the life cycle, you know, the views on somebody who's retired and done earning income through their work efforts is often different than somebody at the early stage of their career or 20 years out from potentially retiring. So that interview term that you used is uh, a good place to describe how we work with clients, where we meet with them, uh, either prospects or clients, and do a fact find, ask them questions about what's going on. And the more we know, a little like a doctor-patient kind of relationship, the more that we know, the more that we appreciate what the client is trying to accomplish, what they've done so far, what they want to do, what their concerns are, um, what's important to them, the better we're able to use our vast technical knowledge our systems and experience to help that client get to where they want to go. Um, what the CFP means uh, to me, Lindy, is in, in, in our house, between Joelle and I, we joke, I remember years and years ago, she said one of the primary things I learned when I took the CFP exam and passed it was that um, you can't know everything, that you need to work with others to be able to help clients as much as you want to. And we see that day in and day out. Here at Elliott Wealth Management, we have a great team. Um, we have an economist. We have a couple of CFPs. We have two CPAs. Um, we have a lot of internal expertise experience that we bring to the table to help clients with their planning. Additionally, Externally, we have relationships with a variety of outside firms and consultants that we could draw on their vast amount of expertise and experience when we're working on planning for clients that we can go to as a resource. And much of this, Lindy, happens behind the scenes. Clients don't necessarily see that we're checking in with others to help carry out what we want to do for clients, to keep us knowledgeable, to keep us up to date, to find potential solutions for what clients are trying to do. And I think back to what Joelle had said, which I think was 
much wiser than I would have given credit for way back then is that because we're dealing with really important issues and often complicated issues, our clients are entrusting us with lots of responsibility that it's difficult to be able to do what we do as a one-person show. There's just too much. And so we have to rely on our internal resources here at Elliott Wealth, but we've cultivated lots of resources externally that we could also draw on. So when we meet with our clients, what the CFP designation means to me is that my personal expertise at 25 years in the industry and almost 15 years as a CFP, I could draw on a lot of technical expertise. I know a lot. But then I also have a great team right around me that I work with day in and day out, and that means a lot to me. And then the next layer, as I described, I have external partners, relationships, allies, friends, associates that I could also go to. And what the CFP means to me is that I am very well versed in my craft, but it also taught me that I need to work with and uh, get information from others. And a good example of this, Lindy, is that over the years, we increasingly work with the CPAs of our clients. We work with their estate planning attorneys. For example, today on my schedule, I'm going to be meeting for the first time the CPA of one of our largest clients. And in speaking with my client, my client is like, well, why are you going to see her? And the reason, and we're probably late in doing this, but the reason is that a lot of what we do for this particular client is financial planning, investment planning oriented, but it straddles tax issues. And for their right-hand person and their left-hand person to interact and have a relationship and have a rapport with one another, I think makes it that much more likely that we could help the client carry out their goals and objectives because we have an awareness of the other professionals that are part of that client's team. And so what I'd like to ask you next, Lindy, is how do you think, and I know we've talked about this some, but directly, how do you think having CFPs as part of the team and with what you're learning as a CFP, even though you're not a CFP yet, you do behave like a CFP. You're part of a culture that encompasses the CFP um, uh, culture. So how do you think this helps us serve our clients? As you've seen other advisors in the practice work with clients, how do you think this all helps us serve our clients? Because that's really what's important. It's not important what I know. It's really important how I can help people. So could you touch on that, please? Yeah. So one, I think one of the biggest differences between a CFP professional and like a regular financial advisor um, is that we do touch on all of the areas that the education covers. Um, you know, when we because most financial advisors are basically concerned with investments and making the sale. Um, we're not concerned as much about that at all. Um, we always put the client's best interests ahead of ours. 
And with that said, um, we look at all these different areas and see how, you know, if you do sell something investment-wise, what tax consequences is it going to bring to the client? Um, the different investments that they may have, is that appropriate for a retirement account? Um, how do the beneficiaries on somebody's account match with their estate plan? Um, all these different facets that we look at that maybe regular financial advisors don't look at, um, I, I feel it's a huge benefit for the clients. And, you know, even for people that may handle their investments or their finances themselves, they may not even think about these other things that we look at on a regular basis. Um, I just think that it's much more beneficial to work with a CFP professional or at least an office that concentrates in this area than to work with just a, a financial advisor. Sure, because what you're talking about, I mean, the CFP designation is extremely important, but it's, it's more about the philosophy that the CFP espouses. And if you have somebody, and candidly, whether they have the CFP or not, that kind of embodies that big picture approach, putting the client's needs first, um, to work with the client on an ongoing basis. You know, those are the important things. So um, you could theoretically have a CFP that doesn't carry out the mission, or you could have somebody that's not a CFP or not a CFP yet like yourself that does carry out the mission and embodies what the CFP emphasizes. Um, and, and I think we do a, a great job there. For clients and prospects, um, I think it's difficult for them because in the marketplace, you have a, a lot of different licenses. You have Series 6, Series 7, Series 65, life insurance. Um, it's tough. It's really tough for the consumer to figure out who's who, what their background is, and um, people that are not CFPs, not to throw too many stones at the competition, but lots of individuals that are not CFPs that really don't embody what we're talking about in the CFP code of ethics and the approach to doing business and handling clients, um, they will in their marketing material try and make clients believe that's what they are when in fact they aren't. And I'm thinking, and we won't say the person's name, near our office in Florida, we have one particular person who has a very, very successful business. And if you look at their marketing material, it appears like it comes out of the CFP playbook. Um, but when you look closely, they do not have the CFP designation. They do not have their securities licenses, meaning that they're not legitimately able to give opinions on stocks, mutual funds, bonds, 401ks, and the like. But their material, their their PR is so good that you really have to have a careful eye to be able to tell the difference. Um, great, great marketing, but they really can't do much of what we're able to do for clients in terms of their licenses and regulations. But what I wanted to point out, Lindy, is that if you read anything or you go on the Internet and you do anything searching for how to select a financial advisor, how to select a financial advisory firm, um, almost always 
the recommendation will be is to find someone that has a clean compliance record, which we do here at Elliott Wealth Management. This is something that's public record, kind of like when you were in school, you have your, your permanent record. But the other top, top, top item that they'll suggest is that clients find an advisor that has additional credentials, that has a prideful designation. And the CFP designation is the number one option. Um, it is the proudest designation. It's very highly regarded. There's only, Lindy, I don't know if you know this, there's only about 77,000 CFPs nationwide. There are way more, I don't know what the number is, there's way more licensed insurance people, licensed people that could sell mutual funds, stocks and bonds, but there's very few CFPs. I would dare to say that it's an elite group, but that might be patting myself on the back too, too much. But it, it really is a special group. Um, in the state of Connecticut, um, where our home office is, there's only 1,300 CFPs in all of Connecticut. Um, in the state of Florida, which of course is a bigger state by population, and there's a ton of people selling and marketing uh, insurance, mutual funds, uh, investments, annuities, and the like. Um, there's a, only about 5,000 CFPs in the state of uh, Florida. So it is, it is a special designation because it's so hard to get, because it's so hard to qualify for, and quite frankly, it's also hard to keep because we have to adhere to the Board of Standards and their Code of Ethics, um, you know, there's not a lot of us out there, but if clients and prospects are looking for a shortcut to try and select someone to deal with, searching for somebody or a firm that has CFPs and embodies what the CFP uh, mantra is, you know, that they're probably going down the right path, and that's how we hold ourselves out at LA Wealth Management. We are CFPs. We carry ourselves as CFPs. Um, it's important that we take a big-picture approach when we're dealing with clients, that we put the needs of the clients first, and that we build an ongoing business relationship with the client as well as their other professionals so that we can have a good plan that is put in place today but is monitored and can evolve and change over time as needed. So we increase the chances that we help our clients achieve their goals. And quite candidly, if we can do that, if we could have that kind of client relationship, it's very fulfilling for us because we want to help people, but it also helps our business be successful so that we can bring um, revenue into our business, that we could sustain ourselves, and so it's a win-win for both the client and us here at Elliott Wealth Management. Um, I, I agree with you, and I also want to point out that not only does it help, um, I want to go a little bit deeper in how it helps, um, because I also think that the CFP designation and having more CFPs in the area and sort of maybe just getting that out there, um, I, I believe it also helps our community. Um, it, the more people know, and know how to handle their finances, maybe they can give personal advice to somebody that they know. And, you know, increasing the knowledge to everybody in your community, it's, it's very important. It's something that I'm sort of passionate about because when I was growing up, these things were not discussed. And um, 
people made really poor decisions with their finances. So just having that in your community and getting that knowledge out, I think is a huge benefit. I, um, I agree. That's, that's, um, that's a great point. Um, as, as we wrap up, Lindy, one statistic that I wanted to get your opinion on and I wanted to give a few thoughts on as well is when you look at CFP statistics, um, I mentioned several already, but the vast majority of CFPs are males. Um, 77% of um, CFP holders right now are male. Only 23% are female. Um, with my wife having been a CFP a long time ago and you um, working very hard to achieve the designation, um, I think it's also important to note that internal here at Elliott Wealth Management, um, that I think it's going to be great that we have the female perspective as a CFP, as even prior to the CFP, being a part of the team because, <clears throat> excuse me, women um, tend to outlive their ma ma male counterparts. So often women need help when they're alone. Also, women increasingly control a lot of the financial decisions that are happening in traditional married households. There's also a tremendous amount of women that are single, not widowed, but just single, could be divorced, never married, separated, what have you. So having the female perspective, having a trained, before I get your opinion, I'm going to give mine, Lindy, is having um, trained people as part of the team with a deep amount of technical expertise, um, good professionals around them internally and externally. Having that female perspective, I think, is something that Elliott Wealth ought to be proud of and we ought to use to our advantage because it is really beneficial to clients that there's a trained, qualified, competent female that's part of the process and there's too few women in the industry and I don't mean to be a champion of women especially as a male um, but I think it's wonderful that we have such good contributions from both men and women internally here at LA Wealth Management and lots of the resources that I spoke about earlier that external are often highly qualified very experienced really smart women that we can tap into um, for a whole host of different reasons and projects. And the fact that you're going to become a CFP, you mentioned that community, I think is really powerful because we need more qualified, competent, experienced, skilled, caring women to help clients, both men and women, but especially women in the marketplace. So I know I went on a long riff there, but you know maybe Lindy as as a woman who's going to become a CFP and you meet so many clients, lots of them women, how, how do you feel as a woman being a CFP or soon to be a CFP will be able to help clients and add a different perspective than I might be able to as a male? Um, I think you hit on a lot of good points and a lot of points that I probably would have made. Um, I stole your thunder. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you sort of stole it from me. I, I um, pretty much did, yeah. But, um, you know, I think just being a female in this role breaks a lot of industry standards. Um, in the past, this, you know, it still is a primarily male occupation, 
And I have no idea why this has always been sort of a more male occupation. Um, you know, there's so many studies that have been done on women and, you know, some even say that they make better financial advisors and financial planners than men because they have a different mindset when going into it. And I had mentioned earlier how the CFP education is working a lot more towards, you know, that interpersonal communication and, you know, basically acting like a counselor to our clients. Um, I think a woman brings sort of a more of a warmth to client relationships. And you had mentioned widows and strong professional women, which is a growing trend. Thank you, ladies. Um, working with a female professional um, is comforting to them, and it makes them feel like somebody is actually understanding them and understanding what they go through in life. I know what it's like to have kids and work a full-time professional job. I, yeah, you do. I understand. <laughs> I understand what it's like to be in that role and to have to plan your life around that. So um, I think a woman definitely brings a, a much different perspective than the traditional male brings. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, if you want more information about Elliott Wealth Management, about Lindy, myself, anybody on the team, our philosophies, please visit our website, www.elliottwealth.com, www.elliottwealth.com. You could also contact us at our office, toll-free, 888-959-5905. And please know we would be honored if you shared this podcast with friends and family. We would also love it if you could let us know who we should add or if you want to be added to our mailing list so that you could receive future episodes of the Simply Financial podcast as well as other mailings that we send out including um, tax information, economic updates, quarterly reviews, important educational information about making good financial decisions. So with that, Lindy, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. I think it was a great discussion. And we look forward to the next episode of Simply Financial very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against a loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, are not affiliated with Sage Point Financial.